Hey, Pat- uh, Patrice, Prince, can you put that uh, keynote back up there real quick? Just Jevin got me going a little bit. Uh, and it's about the second to the last slide, I think. Uh, go back. Nope. Go down, down, down. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, you should. You're down at the. You're at the beginning, aren't you? I'm talking the bottom. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you shut it off. The next next one above that. Yeah, this right here. I, I skipped over that, but Jevin just said it because one of the things moving into this next season that we are. Uh, together as Freedom Worship Center, uh, our, our mission, our, our vision, really feel like the Lord wants us to uh, be very specific about that and to be very uh, uh, intentional about accomplishing our vision and mission, his vision and mission for us, for the church. Are you all with me? And the Lord spoke this to me some time ago that we are releasing purpose in the earth. That's what we are to be about. Inside each and every one of you, and Jevin touched on it, it's the only reason I'm bringing it back up because I wasn't going to say anything about it. I didn't mean to actually put that slide out there. But every one of you has a purpose, and many people are not fulfilled because they're not living out that purpose. You're living out mama's purpose or the school teacher told you this is what you're supposed to be, whatever. You have a divine purpose. And when you find that, you go crazy with it. And we know that as disciples, as followers of Jesus, that we are releasing kingdom purpose in the earth. Somebody in this house got to make a lot of money. It takes money to do kingdom business. And yeah, Lisa, let it, Lord, let it just fall on Lisa. There's, there's stuff around the world that needs to take place. It takes money to do that. There's business minds in here that you have an idea that you, it might help someone in, in America, but it might be something that unlocks craziness in another nation. Hello? Are y'all with me? Blessing. God has purpose for you. Some of you are writers. Some of you are, there's, there's, there's somebody in this house that probably should be in the political realm. We need godly men and women in the political realm. Don't run from it, run to it. Watch what God will do. So we believe that we are to help you, release you into your purpose to fulfill your God-given destiny to bring glory to his name and to, to accomplish his desire. Be like David that he just, you know, he, he accomplished in his generation what he was supposed to do. That somebody, somebody asked me a while back, man, I just want to be in my generation to fulfill God's plan for my life. I want the Lord to say, you did it. That's what I asked you to do. That's what, that's what you did. Hello? I don't want to be chasing somebody else's dream. Somebody else's purpose. We got too much of that going on. No. You know, I, I'm just going to talk to you because there was a, sometimes we struggle with where we are in life. Y'all look at me like you don't struggle. And there, I, I think I want to say it was uh, Oswald Chambers that said this, and I'm not going to give the correct, the, the exact quote, but he made this statement that as a, as a follower of Jesus, you have no right to say, when his purpose for you is, is done. Let me give you an example. Some guy pastoring a church, running 10 people, and it's been hard. Hello? It's been hard. He's out in rural Nebraska. 
you do not have the right to say, I'm going to go check out some other career. I'm going to go check out something else that's a little easier. Oh, this is, this is real. As a follower of Christ, you don't, there are some choices you really don't have. That's where, that's where people get lost. Because we've got this, this republic, this democratic mindset that we get to make all these choices. In Christ, he has a plan for you. And submission is submitting to his desires and will. Are you all with me? I remember when I first came to Omaha, man. First, first two or three years, I'll, I'll be honest, was H-E double hockey sticks in a lot of different ways. Not ministry-wise, but in a lot of different ways. I was trying to go to Orlando. <laughs> I was trying to go a lot of different places, and every door was shut. And so you guys said, I called you here. I have a purpose for you here. And there's a place where you come to peace where you say, I am at peace with God's purpose for my life. Where you get in trouble is when you start measuring yourself up to other people. Well, they're, they're 60 years old and they've been retired for eight years now. And they, hello? Y'all looking at me like you don't, you don't struggle. You know, we don't, we're not to measure ourselves with each other like that. What is God's purpose for your life? Live that thing out. Because he wants it to come through you, not through somebody else. Amen? Give God praise just real quick. Thanks for putting that up there. You can. I don't even know what I'm going to do here, to be quite honest with you. But open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Jevin just kind of stole my, a little bit of my message, which is like, wow. Rock on with your bad self. Uh, I'm just going to highlight some areas out of Matthew chapter 11. And... Uh, you know, one thing that uh, Jevin was talking about, and we'll, we'll get to it maybe here in a minute, because uh, Matthew 11, 1, after Jesus finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. What was Jesus doing? He was trying to get more. He was pouring into his disciples, but he said, I got to go over here too, because there's some people that are lost. I got I to go over here, because there's some who aren't in the fold yet. Are y'all with me? He's got to be about the Father's business. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, where was John at? Huh. You ever been between a rock and a hard place? And you're getting word that all this good stuff's happening out here and you're not a part of it? And you're kind of stuck? Hello, somebody. He sent his disciples to ask, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and repent, report to John what you hear and see. This is what he said. Tell him, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Look at me. Look at me. Don't be offended when somebody else has more success than you. Don't be offended when somebody's getting more publicity than you. They got more friends than you on Facebook. Uh, hello? Don't, don't be offended. Don't carry offense with you. Blessed is a man who does not fall away on account of me. Well, they just don't shake my hand at church anymore. I don't like church because I, this always happens to me. Mmm. I used to be the worship leader. I don't know what happened. Now I'm not that anymore. Hello? Oh, boy, I could tell you stories of that type of stuff. Ah. 
Well, I used to be the soloist in this church. Well, you ain't now. God's got a different place for you. Hello? I'm not talking about this church because we don't do solos. You know, you used to always have to do solos at the offering, you know. Do it. I know we have a special number from Sister. You know, we did. We used to do that. I'm not saying that's all bad. I'm just saying we don't do that. Ah. Uh, Told you I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What in the world did you go out in the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, verse 11, among those born of women there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, but that's a big one right there. That's a big one. From the days, here we go, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Lord, anoint my lips of clay, my mind, my heart, that I would speak exactly what you desire me to say in these few moments. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Are you preparing the way for the Lord? Are you preparing the way for you, for your desires, your fascinations, your goals, your dreams? Are you preparing a way for the Lord? It's not about you, but it's about the king. Don't be offended when others have a larger, small group than you. Don't, don't be offended if God exalts your friend and you remain where you are. Don't fall away because God didn't answer your prayer in the manner you wanted. There's a, there are people, I'm, I'm, I just got to say this, church, we have got to mature and grow up. And the only way that you're going to do that is being submitted to the king himself, being, being rooted in a house of worship that, that teaches the word of God. If you don't feel like you're getting it here, God bless you. There are a lot of other churches you can look at, but you got to be grounded in a house. You can't jump from here to here to here. You can't be transplanted and expect to be growing all the time. You can't mature and be uprooted and transplanted. You've got you to gotta plant yourself in the Lord. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will what? It's quiet in this Baptist Council Church. Prosper. Those who are planted in, that means you're planted. That means I'm not moving. That means I'm submitted. I'm accountable. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to serve. I'm here to give. I'm here to be a part of God's purposes for this local body. See, God, God designed the local church to be the place for you to have community and fellowship for you to grow. Hello? For you to be comforted when you need comfort. For you to be encouraged. For you to be built up. For the gifts to operate. Hello, somebody. But when we keep jumping up and coming over here because, you know, uh, just, I just, I, it's, not, it's not doing it for me anymore. Well, you know what? It's not supposed to do it for you. It's you supposed to be doing some things for the king. It's you supposed to be positioning yourself in a place where you can serve the king. Baby, when it's all about you, you are immature. You need to grow up and you need to become the man and woman of God you're supposed to be. See, it should be that you're teaching people now, but you're still sucking on milk. It's time to grow up. I fear for the body of Christ in America. I truly do. I truly do. 
because we are not, we, we, we get a little, little trouble and somebody says something and we, oh, come on. I was reminded the other day, the Lord just dealing with me some stuff and some things. And I, I, I was talking to this individual about, you know, if anybody has a right to be offended and to declare all their hurt and pain, you do, man, because your, your life, you had some, you had some stuff. And I was reminded, I was reminded as a man of God, as, as a pastor, as a shepherd, as one called to, this is not a career for me. This is one who's called to do this. That there is, that Jesus, <laughs> there was a time when he had about 15, 20, 25,000 people on the hillside giving them fish and, and loaves. And they was having a great old time, fish fry on the hill. And they loved him, loved him. But they all walked away. <laughs> they all walked away. They just wanted the food. They just wanted, they just wanted the little party on the hill. Didn't want to grow in discipleship. Didn't want to mature. Hello, somebody. Jesus was rejected by his own people. Jesus, people left him. They, he, even those closest to him denied him. You know, Peter came back around. The Lord restored him. But man, I'm sure many people in this room know what it's like to be rejected, to be backstabbed by family, by friends. Hello, somebody? Can I tell you that this, this cross that we bear is not easy? The kingdom suffers violent, and the violent take it by force. You have to walk your Christianity with force. You have to be violent in prayer, Jevin, for the lost. We have, to be, we have to come to that place like Spurgeon said that this, this right here, this violence, this violent going after souls should be the passion of our heart because we once were lost and we are, we are literally grabbing them from the flames of hell. We should have a violent prayer life that storms the gates of heaven and cries out to God that his Holy Spirit would begin to draw people, prepare their hearts to receive the good news of the gospel. And Lord, empower me to be a vessel who will speak truth in this hour where people love lies and they love evil more than they love righteousness. If you're going to be a Christian in America in these upcoming years, you're going to need to be able to handle offense. You're going to need to, to have tough skin. You're going to need to be able to lay your life. John, you know what this is talking about? One of the, one of the really, we're talking about literal interpretations of what's going on here. Ever since John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There were men of God at the day who were trying to take control of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, run it their way, make it, make it about money and marketing and to make it about them and their kingdom, not about his kingdom. They were trying to forcefully take it. Matter of fact, they forcefully took John's head off. Matter of fact, they forcefully took our king and spread his arms wide and crucified him. Who are we to complain about the small mess we go through in this life? 
Oh, he's wanting us to, to have a, a violent faith. I'm not talking about being evil. I'm talking about having such a strong, firm faith that we can do battle and warfare in the heavenlies for the kingdom of God, for righteousness, that we would not back down even if it cost us our life. Church in America knows nothing of that. That's why people like Francis Chan are writing letters like letters to the church and deciding to, and God's called him to Asia and men speak up like this. That's why John Bevere is more popular overseas than he is in America. I'm not talking about popularity. I'm talking about ministry effectiveness. Hmm. We're soft, church. We've got to mature in the Lord and to know that this is an eternal battle that we are engaged in. And there is violence. I, I watched a video. I sent it to Rob the other day. 18-minute video of a, of a Muslim woman who was before a school board, 18 minutes, and she is just kindly and gently giving the outline of what Islam and what the Muslims desire to do in America by taking over the educational system so that America, they do not want to blend in as the melting pot of America. They want to transform America into an Islamic state. And we laugh our, our heads off. We think it can never happen. But I'm telling you, baby, you better wake up and smell the coffee. Because a church that doesn't pray is a church that's going to be in serious trouble. A church that takes offense over piddly little things and, and, and doesn't really walk in the truth and the light of God's word, you are going to be, you will fall away. It's what Jesus is saying. Don't fall away on account of me. Don't fall away on account of me. It's going to cost you to follow me. It may cost you your job. There was a time I was working for a utility company, and they were, they, they, they were uh, what, what was the word? Uh, situational ethics, basically. We can do this, but we can't do that. And I said, no, you can't. You can't tell me I can't do this when you're allowing that. And I kept standing up for it. And was at a point where I... My job was on the line. They'd already fired me one other time for marrying my wife. Literally, that's not a joke. There's a point where you've got to be willing to stand up and say, you know, if I lose my job, God will send ravens with food. If I, if I, if I lose what is not eternal in this life, what does it matter? Are you all with me today? See, God, the, the, God's wanting to refine us. He's wanting to turn the heat up a little bit. And he's wanting us to be pure. See, you, you, don't, you don't have purity when it's lukewarm temperature. Purity does not come at cold temperatures. Purity comes at very hot, very high hot temperatures. That's when the purity comes. And God, is there stuff in me, God, that Jeff, that's got to go. Yeah, I want you to be more of a holy man, a righteous man. I want you to be more like me. Jeff, you've got to let go of that. I'm going to turn the heat up on you a little bit. Hello, somebody. It's not just for the pastor, it's for the people. It's for the people of God. Because my word, you're, you're a minister in the, of the gospel right where you are. Are you like John the Baptist? Are you trying to blend in or are you separating yourself for the purposes of God? John didn't eat what everybody ate. He didn't wear what everybody wore. He didn't, he didn't hang out where everybody hung out. The church today in America... You can hang out in a club on Saturday night and have a great time shaking your booty and, and having all kinds of basically sexual innu innuendos going on and then come Sunday morning, well, thank you, Jesus. 
that's going to end, church. That's going to end. That tells me you do not have the Spirit of Christ working in you. Because the Holy Spirit convicts. Y'all, I don't, I don't make too many friends anymore, but John didn't get caught up in cultural popularity. That's the church's problem. We want to look like the world, smell like the world, sound like the world, you know, just have an atmosphere like the world and want Jesus. If you want to come in, this is, this is our party going on. You know, this is all about you, but it's nothing to do with him. It's not what he wants. Are you keeping yourself for the arrival of the king? Are you preparing yourself? The king is going to return. Impeachment process going on. And the whole time, Israel's being bombarded with shells and not a thing on the news. That's what it's going to be like when Jesus returns. People are going to be going about their business. Scripture says it. You're going to be going about your business, just doing your thing, just hanging out at Starbucks, wherever it is, and nothing wrong with Starbucks, but you're just living life, and, and Jesus is going to come in the twinkling of an eye, and there's going to be so many who are left behind and so many who call themselves followers of Jesus that are going to say, what happened? And he said, I never knew you. John's focus was on the kingdom and the king that was coming. Where is your focus, church? Is your focus on advancing the kingdom? Harriet Tubman, her focus was on reaching those who were still in bondage. That is a parallel to our, to our walk in the kingdom that we are supposed to be about saving those who are in bondage to sin. Mm. Are you keeping yourself untainted by the scent of sin? Are you willing to decrease so Jesus can increase? I just, I just try to be as straight with you as I can. And something that I deal with, and, and it's sometimes, sometimes the problems that we have, usually other people see them and we don't see them. Other people can, and, and a lot of times people won't say anything to you about it, you know. But everybody has blind spots. And one of my blind spots is pride. I'm just telling you, it's pride. And in, as a man of God, I want to be humble. I want to be low. Dr. Michael Brown from the Brownsburg Revival had this statement, and he, he said, stay as low as you can, as long as you can. Stay as low as you can, as long as you can. God, help me to walk in humility. Help me to be about your kingdom and not about what I desire to do. See, the kingdom is forcefully advancing. John gave his life for the kingdom of heaven. John died to his desires and gave himself for the desire of heaven. He lived and died for the glory of God. I'm just going to say this. Some of you, you're breathing, you're walking around, but you're dead. You're not really living. You're not really living because you haven't yet died to self. Died to your will. Can I tell you, that's much of the church's problem today in America is because it's, it's not what must I do to be saved, it's what can I still do and still be saved. Man, there was a day, Ken, where we wanted to live our lives and people would call it legalism. And sometimes you do, you shift so far one way that there's not, and I don't know if the word is balance, it should be used, I don't know if that's right. But there is a forceful 
I've got I've to keep myself from being tainted from sin. Are y'all with me? Paul said, he said, the, the, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I do, I don't want to do. I, I mean, there's this thing going on inside of me. And you've got to feed your spirit, man. That's why some of you are not fully living because you're not feeding your spirit, man. A 30 or 40 minutes, some of you think I preach for an hour and a half, but however long I preach is not enough to get you by. It's that nourishing ourselves with God's word in communion. I'm talking about communion, worship, prayer. God is one. When's the last time that you wept for that son who's away from Jesus? When's the last time that you wept for that spouse, for those relatives that you know they're going to hell unless they, unless they meet Jesus, unless somebody leads them? They're going to hell. They're literally going to hell. We don't talk about hell. We don't think that's real anymore. It's real. Hey, we've got to have such a violent passion for the kingdom that it, it, it puts us to our knees. We begin to cry out for those that we know are lost. And then we don't just cry out in prayer. We intercede. We pray in the spirit. But we get up from that place and we say, Holy Spirit, lead me to who you want me to talk to now. Lead me to the one who's ready to receive. Lead me to the one whose heart has been prepared. Lead me, guide me, because I know there's someone you have set up for me that I can give them the hope of Jesus. Hello, somebody. No, we're, we're too busy. We're too busy planning out the things we want to do. John, man, he was just fully committed to the kingdom. He had a purpose in his heart to make way for the king. He knew, Jevin, his purpose in life, that one thing was to prepare the way for the king of glory. You know, all of us have that purpose, to make way for the king of glory. When you go into that office, man, before you go in, Lord, today, I just declare your presence over this office space. I declare you are Jehovah Shalom. There's been a whole lot of chaos in our company, Lord. I declare you are Jehovah Shalom. And you are in me. So everywhere that I go, your peace is going to just move all over this office place. Do you know that your words are seeds? Your words are seeds. If you're not sowing seeds of faith, seeds of promise, seed of the word of the king, you're probably sowing other things. Like, I can't stand this job. Like, God, get me out of this mess. God, these people are just... These people. I mean, I remember that one particular job where I just told God, man, I, was, I just went off on the foreman. I mean, I just cussed her out. In Jesus' name, I cussed her out. I, I, was, I was a Christian, Rob, and I was just so frustrated. My like, God, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be on a stage somewhere. Pride. I'm supposed to be doing this. You got me in this hellhole of a factory. They just took all the windows out. You don't even know if it's nighttime or daytime. You, you can't see anything. God, there's like a prison in here. I don't want to make furnaces anymore. You've called me into ministry. And, and it's almost like God was like this. Just let me know when you're done. You know his voice. And he's like, Jeff, till you learn what I sent you here to learn, you, you're not getting out. My best friend just got a new job. I mean, we wrote, we call ourselves words of music, man. We wrote everything together. And he got to go. And I'm like, now I'm really mad. 
man, God changed my heart. Still took a little while, and God opened the door for me. It was out of that where God put me into full-time ministry, into youth ministry. But how could I go into youth ministry with that type of a heart? Hmm? Y'all act like, yeah, you, you just the righteous people out here. You never, never have problems like that. Yeah. Are we forcefully taking territory for the kingdom of heaven? I'm going to try to close here. Josh, won't you join me, buddy? And they love it when you play. And they're like, Jesus, let him just stop. Too many of us are allowing the enemy to take the territory of our health, our finance, our marriage, our relationships with our children, our purpose, you know? Allow the enemy to take that territory. And we need to be violent in prayer and intercession and in purpose to live it out and to make sure that we are pushing back darkness and not retreating. See, I'm just, I'm just being real with you. Sometimes I find, Robin, just gonna have to talk to you for a minute because they might throw stuff at me now. <laughs> I know that if anything is gonna happen, it's gonna happen in a place of prayer. If the engine room of prayer is supposed to have 12 cylinders running, only three are running, you're just sputtering, you know. Church, I implore you to violently fight your flesh and to join me on the remaining Saturday mornings we have here from 7 to 8 a.m. Jesus, he asked his disciples, could you not pray with me just for an hour? That's, he just asked an hour. I mean, that's what we have record of. We know Jesus prayed for much longer than that at times, but he just asked his disciples, join me for an hour. I understand some people have to work side. I understand that. But my concern is this. If we as a church are too busy not to pray, then we cannot expect the supernatural and miraculous of God to take place. Amen. Corporate prayer is a place of unity of power, of faith and agreement, of declaring God's promises, of laying hold of the promises of God and walking that out. It's a place of being encouraged and growing in that. There's stuff that happens in prayer that can't happen any other way. My concern is the church is cool to come to worship, but I got other stuff to do on Saturday morning. Man, I just get my weekend. Think about if Jesus would have had that attitude. I know he's God, but he was fully carnal, fully, fully man. Hmm. And then think, like the Tower of Babel, they're doing stuff for all the wrong reasons. And God is talking with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus. He said, look at what's going on down here. If they can agree together like this, there's nothing they cannot do. He said, we got to go down and stir this thing up because they, they had all the wrong reasons. 
think about what God has in store for us that will be grasped through our prayer together. Over and over we are commanded and encouraged to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Jesus said to pray that you would not fall into temptation. Scriptures tell us to pray that the Father would make us one like he and the Son are one. Man, the power of that, the power of that is I'm not greater than you. You're not greater than me, man. We are one. People see, see black and white. They see differences. But God supernaturally makes us one. Where we are, we're on the same, we're together. We are joined together as one. How many know that Chet and I can do a whole lot together when we are united as one. And if we are all together and we have that type of love for one another, there's nothing that cannot be accomplished. What if we all had a violent passion for lost souls? What if we all had a violent passion for the presence of God? And see, what happens is I know if I'm walking with Chet and and we're one, I can tell and today, he seems a little weak. I need, to, I need to pick my brother up. I need to encourage my brother. But if you are not walking as one, if all you see are the differences, you'll never be able to tell what, what's needed for one another. And see, this is where the serving one another comes in. When you're walking together as one, you serve one another and you take joy in it. It's not a burden to serve. It's a joy to serve. But if we're not connected and walking as one, it's a burden. I don't got time for that. Are y'all with me? Hmm. The kingdom. The king. I'm glad that Jesus knew everything about those disciples that he picked, even the one who was going to betray him, and yet he picked him. This brain can't fathom that. Huh. Why would I want to pick a guy that I know is going to get me killed in the end? Why? Because he was all about the Father's will. That had to happen for him to fulfill the Father's purpose for his life. Look at me and smile. It's God's purpose for me to be your pastor. And it was God's purpose for us to walk together. God's purpose. Why? To make disciples of all nations. To reproduce and bear fruit that will last. To see that there's not one that doesn't know Jesus in our community. This Christian life must be taken hold of forcefully and not let the world take it away. Not let the world's standards confuse us on what our purpose is. Today you got to decide that you're going to forcefully stand on the promises of God for your life, for your family, and for your community. 
despite what we see, I'm, I'm standing on the promises of God. Will you prepare the way for the Lord through prayer and your testimony so the light of Christ will shine bright? I want to encourage you. Your story can unlock salvation for someone who's bound up. There's people in your life. I was talking to my mom the other day and this woman had pretty much had a, just a storybook life, you know, and she looked at my mom and she said, well, Rita, tell me about you. And she said, it's just not good, but it's only the grace of God. I said, mom, the stuff that you go through, you've got to share that with people that are bound and locked up. See, it's your story, your testimony that shows that you have an overcoming God. It's your testimony that shows people there's hope for me. He loves me too. Are you all with me this morning? Stand with me. Father, help us to be a people that advance your kingdom. Lord, help us to be a people that will fight for our children, that will fight for our city, that will fight for our nation. Lord, that will not just allow the enemy to have his way, but no, we will forcefully push back the, the forces of evil through prayer, through a holy life, through righteousness. God, we, we, there's some things we have to say no to. This can no longer be a part of our family. This can no longer be part of our community. This can no longer be the identity of our community. We advance the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Father, I just pray your blessings over your sons and daughters today. As we go, Lord, help us to be like John the Baptist.